If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Nurse Wellness Podcast, hosted by Wendy Garvin Mayo, focuses on the power of stress management and how it's foundational to being your best, doing your best, and giving your best. There's a wonderful episode that you should check out called Letting Go, where Wendy Garvin Mayo shares six strategies to release control and manage stress effectively. Check out Nurse Wellness Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. I'm Tara Bradner, and this is Hopeful Hints, an infertility podcast where you will receive quick, hopeful hints to guide you through infertility. Here, you will find education, inspiration, and most importantly, find peace as you walk through this journey to fulfill your family vision. Welcome to Hopeful Hints. I'm your host, Tara Bradner, and I'm so excited for today's guest, Trisha Roos. Welcome to the show, Trisha. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Let's get started. Share with us your connection to infertility. Sure. My story actually is um, losing a child and just trying to figure out after that loss um, how to rebound, how to get back on my feet again and even consider having another child and loving another child again. So in 2014, uh, we had a three and a half year old boy at the time and we started thinking about having another child. Our son was actually begging for what he called a lady baby. So he really wanted a girl baby. He didn't say girl very well. Uh, so he said lady, which I think is a nice way of saying it better anyway. He asked for a lady baby and within a few months we were pregnant and we found out at 12 weeks along that our child had trisomy 18. And if you read about that, it just is, you know, children with severe disabilities, most People don't make it full term, so there will likely be a stillbirth. And we were actually recommended to have an abortion. And we just knew that that wasn't the path we wanted to take and that we wanted to just seek out what would happen for this baby. And she was actually born alive and I made it full term. However, she had a two-chamber heart and we knew that when I was pregnant. And she was only three and a half pounds. And so heart surgery or any kind of you know, fixing that problem was not going to be possible. And so we basically went through the whole pregnancy knowing that we would lose her at some point. We just didn't know when. So in one way, it was, you know, a blessing that we got to meet her. But at the same time, um, we knew that once she was out, that her life would be very short. So she lived 150 hours and actually came home with us from the hospital on the fourth day. And so we were able to spend some time at home with her. And then she passed away peacefully at home. But um, that's the gist of the story. But I mean, as you can imagine, and people that listen, it is so hard to rebound from a loss at any point in time during pregnancy. And it was really hard for my husband and I to think about having another child after such a traumatic experience. Um, but we did. We knew that we really wanted to try to have another child again. And so our rainbow baby, which I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with the term of a pregnancy after any kind of loss, uh, named Andy, is now five years old and doing really well. And so it's been nice to be on this side of the tragedy and the loss to 
see just what has happened in our lives over the last seven years. So Trisha, I'm going to link everything in today's show notes, but I love that you have turned your hurt into hope for others. That's a big thing I talk about personally that I feel I've done. Can you share a little bit what you've done to honor that loss? Yeah. So one thing that was really difficult that I've learned over the last seven years is that, for example, I remember during a baby shower for my rainbow baby, you know, we're celebrating her life and I just felt like crying because I felt really guilty. It was almost like I shouldn't be celebrating this child because I lost a previous child. And for Annabelle, um, my trisomy 18 baby, we did not have any baby showers. We didn't get to have all of those exciting moments because we knew that she would likely pass away and we didn't want people buying gifts for us. But it took a really long time for me to realize that I could honor Annabelle and love her with my heart and love Andy, my rainbow baby. And, and it's okay and to love them both. And it's okay that we celebrated different ways for both of them and my son Cameron that um, I already had. And it hurt and it took time. And for some reason, guilt is the only way I can really describe that feeling. But over time, it became more of like a beautiful thing. Like, I'm just grateful that I got to be her mom, even though it was for a short period of time. And that I got to have her in my stomach as long as I did. And even though we lost her and she wasn't able to stay with us, we turned that her into hope and just saying, hey, that was a blessing. We were lucky to be her parents. And we believe she's in heaven and she's fully healed now. And she wasn't able to be that way here on earth. That is a beautiful transition into your first hopeful hint. There is hope after loss. Yeah, so I remember the pain and the tears. And it happened every single day. And I just know that over time... I was able to start seeing purpose and hope in my life and in her life. And so I felt hopeful and found purpose. Anytime I was able to share my story with another mother going through the same experience to assist them, I felt hopeful in talking to, I'm public speaking now. So it feels really great to be able to share our story and say, hey, it's going to be okay, even if you're in a bad place. And then talking to people that are in a bad place, whether it's another mother who's recently had a loss or a miscarriage, or maybe like I was speaking to college students and a girl came up and said that my speech was really helpful because her mom was diagnosed with cancer and just getting through a hard time and finding. If you can find purpose, then it helps you to find hope in loss and in tragedy. Beautiful. Let's move into hopeful hint number two. It is possible to love another child and have another healthy pregnancy. This is so important. I feel this throughout our community. I love to hear what you say about that. You know, I I, I think men and women especially process things really differently. And part of the struggle of moving on to another child was you know, I was still kind of falling to pieces and my husband really wasn't crying that much. And you know how it is, like you get older, you know, your time frame of having children is small. 
And so it's almost like I had to get out of my head and just say, I know I want to have another child and I know I can love again. And I had to remove the fears from my head of another, you know, tragedy happening, another infant loss happening. My sister last year had two pretty far along miscarriages, but they just kept going. And then she was able the third time to have a healthy pregnancy. And now she has a four month old. And I saw how long that took and how difficult that process is. But now I see how happy they are with a beautiful, healthy child. And I have seen that in a, their friends that had experienced miscarriage and loss. But, you know, anybody that's gone through this, when you're going through it, it just feels like I, I'm just done. I, I don't want to open that door. I don't want to have any hope. I, I don't want to have to experience pain. And, you know, I just believe that persevering through that, if you know that that is something that you would like to try, I think that it would be better to try. And even if you don't have another child, at least you did what you could and you gave it your all, but you will kind of have those what if later in life. And so we're extremely happy with um, our, our little rainbow baby and the decision to have her. Um, really, I was pregnant about six or seven months after our loss. And she's been an incredible blessing on our life. And I don't think I would have her if it wasn't for the loss. And so now I can see, you know, my two daughters together, even though they're not together and just be able to love both of them equally. That is so beautiful, Trisha. I think you cleared something up or maybe helped give grace to people when they're in this hard time and they're struggling with how to love another or try again, like you said, after you've been through such a tragedy like that. I love your hopeful hit number three. Time does help heal, although love is never forgotten. I realized over time that I was able to talk about Annabelle without crying. I was able to write about her. I mean, I felt really called to start writing a book in 2019 and then wrote over all of 2020 and then was able to get it uh, published just a few months ago. And I think that what I have found in writing, it was very therapeutic. Um, in sharing, it's been very therapeutic. And now I can do it so much easier. And the way that I always have described it is that when you're at the bottom, you need help and you feel helpless and you need to be able to look up and grab somebody's hand to help pull you up the mountain because it's just too much. And now I understand that I can be at the top of the mountain and say, Hey, I'm here and I want to help you and reach down and grab somebody's hand. But I do think that it, um, everybody has their own time frame for healing and being able to process grief. One thing is, I remember probably about two or three years after she died, I was invited to speak to a big group of students and I could not keep it together. I just cried and cried. And then I'm awkwardly standing up there in front of the huge crowd crying. And I was really hard on myself about that. And then I realized I'm just not ready. I'm not ready to share my story and to talk about with others. And that is okay. And so I did continue to try speaking about her over time. And when I realized I could talk about it as the nail salon, 
and then I could talk about it in a small group of women. And then I could talk about it in a little bit of a larger group, like a Sunday school class. Then I felt like I was ready to write and to share as well as to speak in front of large crowds. And last week I spoke in front of a thousand students and faculty and staff at a big high school. And I had no problem sharing our story um, and loving talking about it as opposed to how I was several years ago. That is beautiful. Can you share more with us about your book? Absolutely. So the book is called When Wishes Change. And I actually came up with that title during a writing session with my editor. And I really just wanted it to be more than my story. And I wanted it to be everyone's story. And so I think so many of us, everybody can relate to a time when you had a wish. My wish in this case was a healthy pregnancy and a healthy baby and for everything to go smoothly. And when that was turned on its head, I had to choose to allow my wishes And I was able to embrace that and say, okay, I hope and pray I can just make it through the pregnancy or make it through this hour sometime. And then when we, she was born alive, it was a complete miracle. It was just getting through every single minute. And now I see that phrase and I use it on a consistent basis because I've used that with my son when something doesn't go his way in school, you can. I've used it with my daughter when she doesn't get her way. I've used it on myself when, you know, some circumstance in my life doesn't exactly go how I planned it to be. And I think that when you can embrace the idea when wishes change and find a new wish out of the change, I mean, oftentimes you can maybe even get something better than you ever imagined. But you have to be open to that opportunity for growth. And if you're paralyzed in your grief and if you're paralyzed in the wish that you wanted and you can't let go of it, even though it's already out the window, it can really hold you back from what's ahead of you in your future. And so even though the book is about the specific loss of my daughter, I think it speaks to just being able to find hope in tragedy. And I really have received great feedback from people with all different life experiences. Um, but it absolutely, I think, can be really helpful and beneficial to people that are um, experiencing infertility or loss uh, because it's obviously my story about that. So beautiful. I feel like personally, I'm going to be able to connect with this book. I cannot wait to get my hands on it and read it and share it with other friends who actually come to my mind as you were describing the book. It's so beautiful. Thank you so much, Trisha, for being with us. Please share with our guests where they can find you and follow along. Yes. So you can visit my website at whenwisheschange.com. I am also active on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at whenwisheschange. And, you know, my belief behind that is that all of us are going to be on social media. It's just a part of our life now. And I realized through losing a child that it was really helpful for me follow other accounts that were helpful in my grieving. So I follow a group called Hope Mommies and um, an organization called Able Speaks. And I wanted my social media account to mirror that, to give you hope. I have, you know, different Bible verses or devotionals or different quotes that I pull um, and just some fun pictures of my life now, because I think it's important to know 
where I am now and where I've come from and some great flashbacks of my time with my daughter, Annabelle, and during that time of my life. So I definitely think that if you're struggling with any circumstance in your life, you know, you're going to be on social media, stop only following Kim Kardashian and every other celebrity in the world and getting FOMO and feeling bad about yourself and make sure to follow people that um, post positive content that you can get something out of it. So much. Yes, I'm nodding my head. Yes, as you can see to this. I truly believe in that so much as well. What you see and fill yourself up with daily will navigate so much of your day even. It's amazing. (laughs) If you enjoyed today's show, please head over and hit subscribe or leave a review for Hopeful Hints and Infertility Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you back here next week, Tuesday. If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Nurse Wellness Podcast, hosted by Wendy Garvin Mayo, focuses on the power of stress management and how it's foundational to being your best, doing your best, and giving your best. There's a wonderful episode that you should check out called Letting Go, where Wendy Garvin Mayo shares six strategies to release control and manage stress effectively. Check out Nurse Wellness Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.